the Supreme Court ruled that the Texas National Guard must stop putting barbed wire along the U.S.-Mexico border. But what happens when a state defies a federal ruling? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. No question there's a lot of people trying to make that journey, but it's not just to the United States, it's to other countries in the world, in the, in the region. We're seeing historic movement. Not, not since World War II have we seen this many people on the move in this hemisphere. And a transgender advocacy organization filed a lawsuit against the VA, asking it to move ahead with plans to offer gender confirmation surgeries. What does this all mean for defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Friday, January 26th, 2024. Hey listeners, just a quick heads up before we get started. Tune in on Monday for an episode with C4 ISR net reporter Colin Demarest and defense news reporter Megan Eckstein. They talk all about recent Red Sea clashes between Houthis and commercial ships and the Navy's use of directed energy weapons. Now back to the show. First up, a Supreme Court ruling over the U.S.-Mexico border continues to cause tension between the Texas National Guard and federal border protection agents. Senior Army Times reporter Davis Winkie is here to break down the tension over the issue. So Davis, could you first prime us on the tension between the National Guard in Texas and the U.S. federal government? Yeah. So for context, for almost three years now, the state of Texas has had a state-run effort to try to secure its border uh, called Operation Lone Star. That has used Texas Department of Public Safety troopers and also thousands of soldiers and airmen of the Texas National Guard who have been activated in a state status. You know, that's authorized under the Constitution. When they're in a state status, they answer solely to their governor, but they can still wear their military uniforms and use their military equipment. The dispute that has resulted in the current standoff we're seeing at Shelby Park in the border city of Eagle Pass started this past summer when Texas started rolling out more and more barriers along the border that were intended to either block migrants from getting across the Rio Grande or to block border patrol agents from getting to migrants to process them. The argument that uh, conservatives in Texas have made is that border patrol is just processing migrants and releasing them into the interior of the U.S. while they await their asylum hearings for further immigration processing. Even if a lot of those people end up being deported someday with asylum claims denied, They're still in the U.S. for a while. Texas is arguing that shouldn't be the case, and they're trying to physically prevent Border Patrol from being able to do that. The dispute then arose when Border Patrol agents started to cut barbed wire that was being set up by Texas National Guard troops. The Biden administration sued the state of Texas, saying that they were violating federal law by blocking federal agents from accessing the border in order to enforce immigration laws. Texas counterargued, saying, well, you're not adequately enforcing immigration laws, and we believe we are being invaded by migrants. And the Supreme Court recently, in a 5-4 ruling, said that the feds can continue cutting the barbed wire and other barriers that the Texans put up to get to migrants and to access the border while the courts consider the lawsuit on its merits. So this hasn't been completely legally resolved, but that was the recent ruling. And so what's currently happening now 
in the wake of that Supreme Court ruling? Well, Texas is trying to make a big show out of defiance. The Supreme Court's ruling via the emergency docket, there was no opinion accompanying it to delineate the scope or anything like that. And lawyers in the Texas state government are interpreting it to mean that the feds can cut any obstacle they want, but that doesn't stop Texas from then immediately replacing the obstacle. The feds can access certain areas, but if the Texans want to block them off and prevent Border Patrol from setting up a processing center on land that they're blocking, the Texans think that they can still do that. And that's what they're doing in Shelby Park in Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is an area where the Rio Grande is relatively shallow in a lot of places, and migrants frequently cross the river on foot. It was the site of some of the larger instances of local migration crises in recent years, where tens of thousands would stream across the river there in just a matter of days. Texas has completely blocked off this park. They've fortified it. They're not letting federal agents in, except insofar as they want to access a boat ramp in order to save people in emergency situations. Yeah. So taking a step back, what's the greater risk in all of this? Well, Z, the problem here is that Americans don't understand how the National Guard works. These service members are wearing name tapes that say U.S. Army or U.S. Air Force and have the American flag on them. They look like, talk like, walk like, smell like, and act like the United States military because on a part-time basis, they are the United States military and they're authorized to use these things while on state duty. The resulting optics, though are that these guardsmen in state status are quite literally being pitted against the federal government. It sends an uncomfortable message about state military power in relation to blocking the federal government from doing things that it's arguing in court are necessary for it to enforce the Constitution and the laws of the country. Both sides here are claiming constitutional high ground, and over the course of today, and we're speaking on about midday on Thursday, over the course of the day, more and more states are saying that they stand with Texas about this. And it seems like there could be a spiral here that drastically impacts the way that civil military relations are perceived in this country, because it's hard to conceive of the military as a nonpartisan organization when governors are using the military and a state status for things that advance very partisan goals. Another big story today, transgender veteran advocates filed a lawsuit against the Department of Veterans Affairs over providing gender confirmation surgeries for interested veterans. For more on this, Capitol Hill Bureau Chief Leo Shane III joins us today. Hey, Leo, thanks for joining us. First, could you tell us why are advocates suing the VA over its policies regarding gender confirmation surgeries? Yes, this actually dates back to almost eight years ago when the Transgender American Veterans Association first filed a petition against VA 
uh, on the issue of gender confirmation surgery. Um, they said this is a critical medical need for the transgender veterans and the VA should start providing it. Um, they haven't ever received a real response on that petition. Uh, three years ago, just about three years ago, VA announced that they were planning to offer this surgery, but since then it's been caught up in the rulemaking process, hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, so right now uh, the, the transgender uh, advocates are saying, look, this has to move ahead. This can't just be left in limbo forever. Uh, we need an answer. So they're hoping with this legal filing they can force VA either to move ahead, actually start offering these surgeries, or at least admit that there's some reluctance within the leadership to, to do it and uh, just to answer the question of where this is going to go. Hasn't the VA already approved plans for that? And what are advocates saying are at stake? You know, just how many troops do officials think would be interested in this service? And how many trained service members are there overall? Yeah, so the VA has estimated about 4,000 veterans might be interested in this surgery. Uh, it seems like a, a kind of a large number, but when you're looking at a $300 billion budget, uh, it's really just a drop in the bucket for what VA pays. About 130,000 uh, transgender veterans in America today, uh, an estimated number of uh, 12,000, 13,000 more who serve in the uh, in active duty armed forces. Um, those numbers are, are hard to quantify, uh, but you know we we've heard from conservatives that they think that it's exaggerated. This isn't real real problem, and this isn't a, a real need in any way. Um, the transgender advocates have countered that look, this isn't just about providing one type of surgery for this group. It's about VA filling its promises and and living up to what it says it's going to do. So uh, it's more than just providing these services, but also just providing faith in VA and assuring that when leadership says they're going to do something, that they they will follow through. Also on your radar for today, some news coming out of the Taiwan Strait. China accused the United States of abusing international law on Tuesday after U.S. Navy warship sailed through the politically sensitive Taiwan Strait. The Navy destroyer John Finn went through the strait on Wednesday. Here's why it matters. China's rise in military power has given it more sway in the Western Pacific. That brings it into contention with the U.S., which has long had a hold and large military presence in the region. The 100-mile-wide strait is a politically sensitive area for China and Taiwan. China claims Taiwan is a renegade province, while Taiwan claims its own sovereignty from the mainland. A Chinese defense ministry spokesperson said the U.S. warplane and warship activity, quote, on China's doorstep is the root cause of the problems between the two military powers. The accusations come as Chinese President Xi Jinping and President Joe Biden agreed to resume military contacts with the U.S. at a meeting in November 2023. Both sides desired communication in order to avoid an international incident, and that's because both sides hold regular military drills and frequently patrol waters in the Taiwan Strait and also contested area of the South China Sea. The U.S. defended its actions in a statement and said its actions are in line with international laws on the freedom of navigation. And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. The United States and Iraq governments both said Thursday that they soon expect to begin talks to wind down the mission of a U.S.-led military coalition in Iraq formed to fight the Islamic State group. The announcement comes after U.S. forces in Iraq have been increasingly targeted by Iran-backed militias. Officials at the National Archives and Records Administration announced this week they cleared the nearly four-year-long backlog of military and veteran record requests that had grown to more than 600,000 cases during the COVID-19 pandemic. North Korea said Thursday it conducted its first flight test of a new cruise missile. And Reuters reported that the first batch of new Taiwanese recruits began serving their one-year compulsory military service in Taiwan yesterday. 
the conscription period was extended from four months to a year due to government concerns about China's rising military threat. And on this day in history in 1880, Douglas MacArthur was born. MacArthur was the U.S. general who commanded the Southwest Pacific Theater in World War II, oversaw post-war Japan during the Allied occupation that followed, and led United Nations forces during the first nine months of the Korean War. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com ebb. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com ebb to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Davis Winkie, the Texas Tribune, Leo Shane III, and the Associated Press. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.